Welcome to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to Platinum sponsor Podium and Titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk. Whispering Loudly is a workshop whisperer podcast. Hello, I'm producer Mel and we're so excited today to be joined by Jessica Dane. She's the team co-owner and commercial operations officer of motor racing team Triple Eight Race Engineering. Having grown up around motorsport in the UK, Jess's first job at Triple Eight was as a sub-assembly mechanic at the age of 18. Since then, she's worked in several roles and departments, becoming a shareholder in 2015 we are super stoked to have you on the podcast today thank you so much for joining us Jess hi thank you for having me lovely to talk to you guys Jess, we're really excited uh, to be able to talk to you today as you know um, we have thousands of auto repair shop owners out there that listen to whispering loudly every week and uh, they're always super excited whenever we have anyone on from a race team so thank you (laughs) thank you so much for joining us i'm particularly excited obviously uh with you being uh the female co-owner of a race team um but also um you've got a really uh interesting background around motorsport so i'm looking forward to talking to you about that but would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I think that's um, that summed it up pretty well. I mean, we missed out the extra bits um, that I do on the side, but that, that's a that's a good background. That sums it up. Um, but these days, as well as that, I'm also working across the Australian Rally Championship as their anchor on Seven um, and on the TCR coverage, um, also on Channel Seven. So doing a bit bit of TV work these days as well. And um, on top of that, I'm also doing a law degree. Um, trying to fit in a law degree around all of that. Um, but yeah, my background originally, um, or in terms of what else I've done, um, I've got a degree in journalism. I was, um, I was a freelance journalist for a while. And then motorsport just absorbed everything that I do. <laughs> and it's my life. <laughs> yes. And, and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And you, obviously, that was born from your family's connection to, uh, to motorsport. So your dad? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So he he found a love of automotive and racing from pretty much nowhere. His dad was a doctor in the army and his mother was all sorts of things, actually. Everything from a dancer to a child psychologist. So he developed this love of, of automotive and cars and um, racing from really from nowhere. And he built that, um, he built on that passion and... Um, around that he's he's always held jobs in automotive and started triple eight race engineering in the uk in the early 90s or around the mid 90s um, in the british touring car championship uh, so i spent a lot of my childhood at racetracks before he started triple eight he was a very bad racing driver himself so um, well not very bad that's harsh he was an amateur racing driver himself So, um, yeah, spent a lot of my life at racetracks, became a bit separated from it when he moved to Australia when I was 13, but um, refound my love for it um, when I went to my first supercars race in Bahrain in 2007. Join our free Facebook group, Your Profitable Auto Repair Shop, and join in on the conversation with auto repair shop owners just like you globally. Fantastic. And 
you became a, a shareholder of the team and recently that shareholdings increased. So what's, what's it like, the, the difference between just working around the team but actually having some skin in the game? So I actually became a shareholder when I wasn't working at Triple Eight. I had a stint in 2015 um, of going and working in TV production um, and that was when I became a shareholder for various reasons um, and it hasn't really been something that has affected my day-to-day jobs or it, it didn't for the first few years it was just something that that was the case in the background no one talks about it it wasn't that mm. well known and then in over the last few years I said can I I put my hand up and said I want you know I the, this is my life. This is my family. Um, I want to be an active part. I don't want to just be a name on the ASIC register. I want to actually have an active role in, in participating in the ownership of this team. And therefore I said, right, I'm, I'm going to start coming to board meetings. I'm going to have, I need to start having a say in these decisions. And um, yeah, it went from there. And then when all of the discussions, recent discussions, um, took place and consequential sell-off of 40% of the business to Tony Quinn, who's now who's now yes. come on board as a shareholder, so it's great to have him. During that, I said very clearly, you know, I want to, my goal is to be at 30%, and Jamie, Jamie Winkup will also be at 30% eventually. And um, yeah, that's, that's what we wanted to, that's what I wanted to do. So um, it's, although Tony owns 40%, he's, he's got the largest shareholding, you know, I don't. I don't want to go anywhere. This is my family, and with my position, with my position as a as a shareholder with a significant shareholding, I feel like I'm in a good position to best look after the team and and keep looking after my family. Yeah. <laughs> as cliche as that probably sounds. So I imagine that um, you know when you you made it known that you wanted to start going to board meetings and and things like that, there was a process for you to to learn the business side of um of what's involved in the race team just like one of our shop owners you know going from technician to owning the business yeah it's with roland my father it's very much a case of learning by osmosis (laughs) (laughs) he's he's a very good mentor um, and teacher to anyone apart from his two daughters so me and my my older sister who's in the uk for some reason he's always had this kind of anti- He's always, for some reason he's just never really he's never embraced teaching us and, and and being a mentor to us really. So we have always learnt from him kind of by osmosis. So it's it's exposing myself and it's saying to him, look, I would like to be. If it's something that I'm not exposed to, it's saying, putting my hand up and I want to be part of this. Please copy me in on these emails. Please include me on these discussions because he's never going to tell me. So I have to work it out for myself. Yeah. And if there's anything else then I try to expose myself to the right person. So I'll sit down with our CFO if there's something that I don't understand in the P&L. Um, or I talk, you know, Jamie's a fantastic um, businessman in his own right. He runs his own um, car wash and cafe on the Gold Coast, just setting one new one up in Brisbane. So he's a fantastic person to bounce ideas off and, and ask questions. So it's a case of finding the right people around me who can help me with specific problems and trying to learn from RD by exa- RD being my father by mm-hmm. example. Brilliant. So for everyone out there listening, fantastic guidance there that you can be um, relating to your own auto repair shop is 
surrounding yourself with the people uh, that have the skills that you want to learn and knowing when uh, you need to put your hand up and, and ask for help because that's how we get the answers. So brilliant. All right, let's for a moment, if we can, uh, talk about passion and uh, moving out of comfort zones because it's obvious that um, you have an immense passion for the sport and uh, a lot of our listeners, you know, are very, very passionate about uh, about cars and about being able to do great work for their customers, but they're not always good with moving out of their comfort zone uh, in order to take the next step. So what advice do you have, um, you know, about getting out of your comfort zone so that you can go to where you see yourself in the future? It can be scary. Um, it, yeah, it can be really daunting. So I completely understand that. For me, I have learned to trust my gut feelings. So I can actually pinpoint a few key times in my life where I've had a gut feeling and it feels like I have known what to do before I've known the why. And for instance, studying law was a recent one for me. I just, it, it kind of happened over a period of maybe two weeks of this feeling that then grew. And I thought, I really, I really have to do this. It's, I've, I've got to work out how to do it um, and put myself in that position and, and do something different because I felt like I had become stagnant. We, there was a possibility of my role changing quite a lot when we were hopefully going to run a third car for a female driver called Simona Di Silvestro. That unfortunately all fell through um, at the 11th hour. And so the, the prospect of everything going back to normal scared me a bit, or not normal, but, but continuing doing what I was doing with no vision of where I was going next, that, that didn't sit well with me. And I knew that to change that, I had to step out of my comfort zone. And, and law, this, this feeling of studying law and going back to university, which is scary, it was scary enough the first time, let alone the second time. <laughs> um, although it's much easier to be a mature student in Australia than it is in the UK. Yeah, it just kind of came to me and then the why came to me afterwards and I realised how applicable it would be and where it would be really beneficial. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back, although there are those moments, like at the moment when I'm doing three back-to-back -back race weekends and I have a research proposal due in 10 days' time and I don't know how on earth I'm going to get that done. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's moments like that where I go, what, what am I doing? Why am yes. I doing this? Yes. But it's... Um, in order to get out of your comfort zone or in order to, to move forward, you have to get out of your comfort zone and it can be scary, but it's always less scary than you think it will be once you start doing it. Yes. And often the result greater than what you thought it would be. Well, I hope that will be the case with my law degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're an ambassador of um, FIA Girls on Track Australia. Tell us about how that came about and um, why it's important for you to share with the next generation of, uh, of young women. I hadn't actually noticed that I was one of very few females in the paddock until I think 2015. We hired a female engineer from, um, she came over from Germany. She'd been working with, for AMG. Yeah, so Romy came over in 2015. She'd been working with AMG. And um, for some reason, or oh, I didn't, I didn't really understand at the time why it was a big deal that we had a female engineer. And it wasn't until I looked around pit lane and saw that she was literally the only female engineer in pit lane. There might've been some back at the workshops, but certainly in pit lane, she was the only one. And that, that really took me by surprise. And I started to notice it for the first time ever. And I think the fact that I hadn't noticed it 
is really testament to our sport that as a female, I was never made to feel like I was singled out or different to anyone. Everyone just cares about how hard you work. Mm. So um, I looked at, um, I saw that Susie Wolf, who's a former Formula One driver and now a um, Formula E team owner, she started Dare to be Different in the UK in 2016. Um, and in 2017, I got in touch with her and said, how can we bring this to Australia? There's a massive appetite for it and I would love to make it happen. Um, so ball started rolling from there. And in 2018, we launched and over the years, it's turned into Girls on Track because it's been acquired by the FIA, which is wonderful because now it's under one single umbrella around the world and other sporting governing bodies can can get involved as well and be part of this massive global initiative, which has a really good brand around it. But getting girls involved in motorsport through Girls on Track is such a rewarding experience. And although some of the girls who we interact with might never go and do anything to do with motorsport again that it might have opened their eyes to be able to do something that they didn't know they could do or something that intimidated them if it gives them the that little boost to to say actually yeah I can I can do that I can jump out of my comfort zone as we were just talking about and and do something that I would not have otherwise done then it was then I've you know that's ticked a box for me and hopefully some of them um do end up race engineering or as mechanics or even drivers one day um, because I think STEM industries in general around the world not only in Australia can only benefit from having more females involved because that changes the way we approach problem solving and that really is what running cars is all about problem solving a hundred percent and i echo your thoughts around that on our side of the industry in the in the auto aftermarket we see more and more women coming in um, to even take up technician positions we have more female uh, auto repair shop owners uh, and it's only a great thing for the industry in general that we're able to have everybody um, being able to make the most of the opportunities that are there so fantastic okay and just just finally um, you mentioned that you're doing a law degree at the moment and that it kind of came from a gut feeling that you had but it was also around um, you wanting to prove yourself in another field uh, and do something different so What's your advice to give our, our listeners out there when it comes to trying something new or challenging yourself in a different way when you start to feel like, you know, you, you've stopped or you're getting stagnant? You'll always surprise yourself, I think. People tend to hold back from doing something that might challenge them or get them out of their comfort zone because they're scared of failure. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to do everything as well as I can, but the reality is that I'm never going to get the grades that I did last time I was a student because then I was a full-time student and now I'm working more than full-time. I'm trying, I'm trying to you know, be part of running a business and work for Channel 7 doing broadcast or with Channel 7 doing broadcasting um, in multiple different categories and trying to do a law degree and working with multiple charities and, uh, and, and programs getting women involved in motorsport. So, um, yeah, it, it can feel really daunting, but and the fear of failure is massive, but you have to also be kind on yourself and accept that if you're going to challenge yourself and you might not, you might set your expectations or your goals too high, you have to be realistic and kind to yourself and say, you know what, it maybe didn't turn out as well as I perhaps would have liked it, but... I have to look at the wins here and the the win here was that I pushed myself and did it in the first place. So just take that step. And I can't say enough how much people surprise themselves when they do 
take that step and then you're filled with pride you're filled with this feeling of accomplishment and um, and you know it doesn't have to be a three and a half year law degree or something like that it can be as simple as going to a networking event that you might not have in a different life in a different month you might not have um, have fancied pushing yourself to do but if it opens another door um, the chances of you having a good experience are much higher than having a completely terrible life scarring experience (laughs) fantastic advice and uh, just thank you so much for joining us on whispering loudly today Uh, we wish you and the triple eight race team all the best and uh, hopefully um, you'll get back to Newcastle uh, for a race soon and uh, we'll be able to uh, meet you in person and um, if you want to make sure that you never miss an episode of Whispering Loudly and never miss a fantastic episode like the one we've done with Jess today, make sure you head to Apple or Spotify or Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe. Thanks so much for coming on, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, hopefully we'll be back to Newcastle very soon and um, lovely talking to you. Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to platinum sponsor Podium and titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk.